Good, Dave. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks for having me in. Thank you. It's good, man. Thanks for coming. It's always good to come to Shoreditch. Shoreditch is always a good idea. Yeah, Definitely. well, it's, uh, like to be honest, when I've been around Shoreditch in many guises in my, yeah. my time, yeah. um, you know, curator started in Old Street, and I think we've, we've plotted around different areas of Shoreditch. Yeah. So it's definitely a lively, lively hub. Absolutely. Uh, definitely yeah. for sort of the content marketers and stuff and the agency world. So, 100%. yeah, and it's lovely, lovely space here. No, it's not. Yeah, it's great. It's great to sit, get on these sofas. I think it's the first time I've been on these, these sofas. They're nice and comfy. And what are we going to be talking about today? So, we want to touch on strategy. So, okay. what strategy really means. Um, mm. I think in, in today's world, I think it can get misinterpreted because there's a lot of noise out there. Mm. Um, and then we want to go into the in-house model. I think I've, I've, I spoke on previous on a previous podcast about um, this thing about being a scalpel and yeah, not a Swiss Army yeah. knife. Um, I think there's a lot of um, full-service kind of activity out there, but I think as an agency, you really need to know what your specialism and what you do to really add value to clients in this day and age. Yeah. And then actually, uh, what's really important for clients in terms of uh, value positioning around return on investment and what return on investment really means because yeah. I think again that gets misinterpreted I think people 100%. people and agencies can throw out and don't sometimes understand you know operations within a business and again I think I've spoke about this previously about in discovery about why a client should be looking at models that mm. meet the needs um, of clients from an operational perspective. Yeah, so nice. look, really diving into what return on investment means. Good man. Let's get on with it. Right, Dave, let's talk about strategy. There is strategy and then there is strategy. Let's let's talk about that. Yeah, favourite subjects of mine, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> um, like, you know, yeah, I've gone through, my career started very much in in paid media, you know, mm. uh, paid media marketing, which was very advertising led. So I've had to learn the ropes in terms of what strategy really means in clients. Mm. I think what's really important to call out now and sometimes gets misinterpreted definitely in the agency world or planning world is that strategy is something that never sleeps. There's no endpoint strategy. I mm. think this idea of set piece plan or set piece battle, you know, mm. It's been thrown out. The dynamics in in today's world, macro environment, is so volatile that mm. within strategy you need to bake in an element of agility. Yes, strategy right. isn't okay. I'm going to go and put twenty grand against a Facebook campaign, or you know, fifty grand against a PR campaign. Strategy has been able to look beyond what's going in front of your face at that time, and then pinpointing times where you need to execute the right tactics within that strategy. Mm. I think it still gets really misinterpreted and missold to clients, definitely in the agency, between agency and brand world, um, because I don't think sometimes uh, clients know what they're buying in there. I think strategy needs to be looked at more of a holistic thing mm. and looked at from a macro uh, point of view rather than sometimes a tactical micro point of view. Let's talk a bit about that, actually. There's kind of more about the misinterpretations of strategy. So... You know, kind of reminds me of, you know, of conversations, you know, with colleagues and, you know, hearing people over the years, you know, strategy being something that's set in place for three months or six months or 12 months or God, in the corporate world, there's definitely been a few, you know, or especially when it was like a few years before 2020, the 2020 strategy was, which was set yeah. Like six years before. <laughs> yeah. Five year plans. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um 
Yeah, let's talk a bit about that. Yeah, so again, I come back to this idea of uh, volatility and we need to think about, if we we look at it from a lens of military strategy, so to speak, yeah. there was a time back in uh, the years of you know, Napoleon, you know, yeah. it was set piece battle plans, um, mm. a, a war was one it was fought and won in, in one day. Mm. And then you moved into the era of things like Blitzkrieg and stuff like that, where it's agile, moving fast, moving forward. Mm. And this is what, strategies in this day day world in the corporate world is mm. it's volatile things change you need to un- understand the contextual environment so mm. look i think the problem is if i was looking at it from a tactical point of view a lot of clients will go out there and they will do what i call channel chasing so they will go out and say okay our strategy is to go and spend again as i mentioned it at the top of the show you know spend you know 100k on a paid media play mm. but have they really thought about actually who is our audience you know who are we looking to target what is the job to be done of that audience what kind of behavior change are we trying to execute from impacting the strategy mm. then it's then looking at the communication method you know what's the tone of voice how are we going to communicate with that said customer to mm. change that attitude or the, the behavior or create behavior change? Mm. And then you think about the media planning behind it. I think the problem is, is, and this has been something that's come about with, you know, some of the bigger, say the behemoths of the uh, advertising world, you know, the, the alphabet slash Google mm. and the metas of this world, you know, they are pushing people to use their services because obviously it's beneficial from them from a commercial point of view. They have their place, definitely, but that's not Mm. strategy, Mm. that's advertising. Mm. And to a degree, it's it's, um, a bit of planning. What agencies really need to do and where the real value can be extracted from is that initial audience planning piece, research, actually putting yourself in the shoes of the customer, Mm. understanding, okay, what are the triggers? What are the catalysts of behavior change for them to then actually, and then that needs to be documented in terms of strategy of like how we're going to win as as a business in this world. So Mm. for instance, from a curator's point of view, you know, we were planning a red ocean of agencies offering performance marketing services. Yeah. We didn't have the scale resources or capabilities to grow within that market because that, that, that business model for us would be, would be too hard to chase, so to speak, because mm. we'd have to staff up. And then as, as soon as you staff up, your profitability is squeezed, yeah. your revenues might be higher. But again, <laughs> you know, profit is king. Yeah, cash, cash is king. Yeah. Um, so we that's when we decided to switch this play of offering less people within business, but of experience and value that offered strategic services. Yeah. And I think that's something that's really valued by um, by brands that we're working with. They actually want to feel like they're in a partnership and mm. not just prescribing work to clients. The, the world's changing around us as well. Um, so there was a really, really good, um, it was during during COVID actually. I remember going. It was a really good webinar, and it's about understanding your value proposition to your um, to your clients yeah, and yes. how that has been reshaped off the dynamics caused by COVID. Mm. And this is one thing that we always need to consider within planning strategy. Strategy is not a one and done thing. Yeah. Strategy changes. It's agile, mm. and we need to consider the dynamics such as COVID, such as a cost of living crisis, such as, you know, the conflicts in, in Israel and Gaza right now, 
that's going to put squeeze on behaviours outside of of this room. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. You know, Definitely. you can see this already. Fluctu fluctuations that, yeah. in petrol prices. Mm. That's going to put pressure on people's pockets. So that is going to cause behaviour change. Brands need to react to that behaviour change and need to adapt their strategy for it. Yeah. It isn't just about what we're doing on Google. You know, yeah. drive. Can we drive more impressions, more click throughs? The vanity metrics. Yeah. We need to be really thinking about this from a holistic point of view. Yeah, nice. Look, I mean, you mentioned Red Ocean there. So kind of from the lean lean startup yeah. world in the book, you know. So, so just because, let's not spend too much time on it, but let's just talk about Red Ocean for people who don't, don't know that. So Red Ocean is ultimately, it's an element where there's, I suppose, a lot of opportunity but because that opportunity is being squeezed by many sharks, so to yeah. speak, mm. um, that there's going to be less, less fish in that ocean and ultimately the opportunity is being squeezed. So mm. if anyone's read the book Blue Ocean Strategy, the whole point is about taking your position in the market from being a red ocean into a blue ocean. Mm. And actually, this is, was one of the reasonings behind our switch of strategy created, which is something that... We've gone, gone through a transition period of where we've started to offer more what I'd call consultancy services, fractional CMO services okay. to client and changed our model around things like customer experience and persona development yeah. rather than straight up paid media play yeah, nice. to create more of a blue ocean for ourselves. Because we think there's a real gap in the market between those traditional die-in-the-wall um, agencies that are competing in the Red Ocean, still lots of opportunities, still lot of revenue, but yeah. it's getting squeezed to actually becoming a Blue Ocean, which is people generally, what you'll find is the kind of services that we're looking to start to offer to clients or offering to clients right now are what you'd consider consultancy services. But then you're going up against, say, the big four. Mm. But in terms of price and value, we're competitive in that in that area. We're mm. not saying we're not going to charge what a <laughs> a Cantar or what a Deloitte or KPMG would charge for those services. Mm. But also the beauty of our background being able to say, look, this is a strategic plan. This is your uh, path to glory, so to speak. But we've also we know how to deliver this. Yeah. We've been doing this for ten years. Like, you know, I've been in the game nearly 15 years now, but like in terms of curated time, we know how to deliver, deliver this. And I think clients really buy into that because what you're yeah, offering definitely. them is saying, we're not just going to hand over a 200 page deck to you and go, right, there's your master plan. Now you need to go and deliver it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can hold their hand through that process or shape ourselves around the way that our clients want to work in. Yeah. I think the beauty of also working like that for us is that our promise statement or the way that we work is around delivering commercial goals, whether that's like discovering new audiences, new markets, or potentially new products for our clients to really innovate. Mm. Because we're not saying that, okay, what we're going to do is you're going to give us a product to sell, you're going to prescribe how that needs to be done, and we're going to go and do it for you. Because that's a commodity, that's mm. a commodity seller in today's agency world. Mm. And I think agencies need to move out of that space to really compete definitely coming into the next 10 years yeah because you know it's this is applicable to i think all businesses this thing about trying to be everything to everybody and then being nothing to yeah. anybody as well like going through training and hearing it on youtube but you know over the years but especially remember being in a training session at havas people where it was um a guy saying we've got 
we've got eight agency websites on here. And this is the headline from those websites. Can you tell who's who? No one could. I think maybe one person got one right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so differentiation and niching down actually is the specializing is is really valuable, which takes you back to the point that you think it said about being the scalpel instead of the um, Swiss Army. Swiss Army. And, you know, to, to go on that point as well, I think I've seen that some clients still value full service. They want all their work with one agency. Yeah. Totally. You know, I can understand that, but that is definitely shifting. I think clients, well, I know just from discussions and from feedback, clients are valuing more having specialist services from different areas. Um, the curator tried it. We tried to go full service in mm. terms of like what we offered. And you end up just tying yourself in knots. You, mm. In terms of the value you offer to the clients, it's not necessarily there because you're not a specialist in some areas. So, and again, it's the old, you know, the analogy of like, you can get 95%, like I use the analogy of myself at home. I could do 95% of the job is right at home, but that 5%, my wife's going to moan at me. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> so I, you've always got to yeah. consider that, that, you know, you need to perfect what you're doing and being a scalpel, is a way that not only uh, can you perfect what you're doing, you can also show expertise and gain trust. That gains mm. referrals. And also your point about niching down is understanding some of the sectors that you play in. So, mm. for instance, health, wellness, fitness, are three of the areas that we really specialize in. Mm. And we've really looked to double down in those areas. And that is that is coming to some fruition for us. And mm. if health, wellness and fitness isn't necessarily a niche, but it's just a, it's a focus. And yeah. I think... and. I know there's, you know, there's a lot of conversation about differentiation and distinction, and I, I think Mark Britson has as a view on it that you you can go both ways. Mm. I think it is really hard unless you're on a, unless you're a brand and you're doing something really unique um, to differenti differentiate in this day and age. Mm. So from an agency point of view, it's about finding that source of distinction. It's playing on that moment of truth for what's in the zeitgeist at the moment. And mm. that's one of the things we've like curated going for a bit of a rebrand at the moment is that we've looked to play on that moment of truth and the zeitgeist. I think there's so much um, chaos and volatility in the world at the moment. Mm. And you know, people want to feel assured and certain about the people that they're working with because yeah. everything else is in flux. Mm. And I think that's our promise statement to you know our clients. It's a bit of a no transparent, uh, tra it's about transparency, no BS kind of approach, yeah. um, which you might have heard before, but it's also about being able to be brave, you know, yeah. and, and challenge. Because I think, I think brands also can be used to agencies going, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, we'll do that without yeah. challenging. And I think that is the surefire way to reach fatigue with the client. And it's like, you know, I've, we've covered it before, actually. I mean, we, we, we talked about it when you and James were on, on the pod and also uh, uh, Robert Payton. Um, yes. He was in, in London, but he's gone back to, I think, California now. But he talks about, if you've got your own business, you've got your own agency, there's a reason you got into it in the first place, but one forgets after a while because of the thing about having to hit payroll, having to make sure that, you know, the, the till's still ringing. Um, but it's this thing about looking at the amount of work you do as a business and then going, well, actually, probably the biggest value is coming from X percentage of of your client base. Well, so it, focus on that. You made a really good point there is like, because coming back to that theme of, you know, what is strategy, so to speak? And, you know, as you know, chief strategy officer curated, but we're in terms of a team, 
we're quite small in headcount because we shape ourselves around experience and almost like a consultancy mentality. Mm. But you will get in that in the way of staffing up around that, you will be pulled into the weeds, so to speak. So sometimes I have to sort of reflect on, you know, I will I will fall into the tactical bucket now and again. Yeah. And sometimes I have to reflect on, you know, actually does this fit the strategy or the direction, not not only the the curator want to go, but the brand we're working with. And I think, look, I think anyone that's a strategist or strategy in a, finds the same, you know, you don't, you need, I, I always believe that, um, I, I believe in this mantra, the T-shaped individual in terms yeah. of like going through your career, learning something really deep and then broadening out and then really understand the strategic play. Because I think mm. anyone sort of can, you can parachute into a strategy role, but you need to understand what's going on as it's well. And I think that sometimes I do get dragged into that, but I think that's also good. I think that's something the clients also value from the way that curated work and the way that we work at curated is that, you know, we are well versed in that part that they still do want, you know, planning uh, and media delivery, they still do want. Yeah. And they, they appreciate having someone with ex or, or members of experience that can deliver that. Because, you know, unfortunately, and this is nothing to do, this is nothing um, of the debt of, to have a go at like how, big agency staff up about because juniors need to gain experience but one of the complaints that i always hear about from from brands is how you'll get a senior leadership team business development strategist at pitch <laughs> and then it gets funneled down to a junior team that yeah. you know fair but they haven't had the experience to really understand and immerse themselves in that business and mm. then it becomes a prescribed relationship Mm. that is soon you know soon becomes fatigued mm. so again if we're looking at this you know strategic from an agency and a shift of a shift of model it's really important to make sure you've got some key people that can really understand and immerse themselves and really immerse themselves in the business mm. that they're working with it's true Look, i mean yeah the whole strategy piece is such a fascinating topic and um Sure, it'll definitely be covered off again at some point on, on the pod but yeah thanks mate looking forward to our next chat but for this one thank you mate no worries stuff <laughs>